coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hey guys, welcome to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. And today we'll be kicking off part two of this 30-part series on Blue Collar Leadership and Supervision, Unleash Your Team's Potential. And today I'm bringing a few points to you from Chapter 2. Chapter 2 is titled Demystifying Leadership, Moving Beyond Management and Supervision. One thing I want to mention to you is two of the greatest lessons I've ever learned from those who are in formal authority, leadership positions, bosses, whatever words you want to use. First lesson I learned from observing these leaders are the most respected leaders always respect others. And the second thing is the most effective leaders walk through the door to serve their team, not to be served by their team. But if they're growing and developing their team, if they're using blue collar leadership, my other book for developing the frontline people, then those frontline people are coming through with the same mindset because they're being grown and developed and expected to lead as well. So uh, how amazing is that when you have a when you're a high impact leader and you're coming through the door every day to serve your team and then you have a team of high impact leaders who are coming through the door every day to serve their team which includes everyone else including you the boss potentially. That's a that's what a high impact team looks like. Everybody on the team is a high impact leader. I always talk about this when I'm on a stage, a lot of times I tell people the org chart tells everybody who all the managers are. Everybody in the organization can become a high impact leader. The org chart's not a leadership chart. It's a management chart. It tells you who's responsible for things and processes. Those people should be leaders, but you know, just well as I know, there's a lot of people on the org chart. They're low-impact leaders. Everybody's a leader, right? Everybody has influence. But relative to managing versus leading, there's a lot of people on the org chart. They don't know very much about leadership, and, and they thrive on level one position, and they manage people. But you can grow a high-impact team. I, I tell people, everybody in the organization can be a leader. And I'll tell you who's actually leading the organization. It may not be the CEO or the business owner. Should be. Whoever is actually the highest level leader is leading the organization. There may be a lot of people on the org chart that's managing the organization. But whoever is the hungriest, whoever is reading the most, whoever is learning the most about leadership, personal growth and development, whoever that person is, they're the leader in the organization. They're responsible for growing and developing Everybody else in the organization and influencing them to grow and develop themselves. I know it might be a big challenge 
a, a, a big stretch for you to say, is that true? I'm telling you, it's true. That person may not understand it, may not know what to do with it, but whoever's learning the most, growing the most, knows the most about the kind of stuff I teach you, they're literally the leader of an organization. They can get overridden by the managers because they have formal authority, right? So when that happens, what happens, these people who actually are the leaders, they lead themselves well and they go work at another organization where there's a higher level leader who will release them to actually lead. So it gets real complicated. So back to chapter two, demystifying leadership, moving beyond management and supervision. As we get into these chapters, they're kind of gonna they're gonna build upon themselves. Remember, these are three-page chapters in a book. I'm talking about I ain't even really looking at the book. I got a couple of notes, but I don't want to talk about what's in the book. I want to talk about whatever I want to talk about related to what's in the book. If you want to dive into the book and get it clear and concise. Please go get the book, mark it up, read it, dig into it. A lot of the things I'm sharing are little nuggets from the book, but not reading the book to you. Just sharing some insight. Simon Sinek says, leadership is about taking responsibility for lives, not numbers. Managers look after our numbers and our results, and leaders look after us. That's powerful. And when I'm talking about leader versus manager, I'm not saying management is a bad thing. In general, management of people is a terrible thing. But management is not a bad thing. We must be able to manage things and processes. We have to. That's a good thing. That's a good skill set to have. But it's not good when working with people. And I always tell people, Everybody is a leader, which means they have influence. Everybody is a follower, which means they're influenced by other people. Everybody is a manager, meaning they're managing things and processes professionally and personally. We're all three of those things all throughout every day. What determines how effective we are are when we're in the right role at the right time for the right reason in the right way. There's a lot to what I just said right there, but that's the key to being highly effective. So all of this, this stuff's talking about this, this 30 part series on blue collar leadership and supervision is talking about the leadership component, how to lead people. And the reality is most people are managed. Few people are led, but they don't know it. Remember remember back to chapter one, the challenge of not knowing what we don't know. Most people don't know they're managed and not led. And most leaders who are in formal authority positions don't even realize they're managing people and not leading people because they don't know what they don't know. That's why that was chapter one. And so chapter two, we're kind of digging into the stuff that a lot of people don't know. Failing organizations are overmanaged, underled. Struggling teams, overmanaged, underled. So I want you to think with me right here, right quick. How does your boss treat you? If you have a boss, most people do. If you don't, you probably have in the past and you can reflect back on that. How does your boss treat you? Like a person 
or an object because you know they may not know how they make you feel but i promise you know how they make you feel so i'm asking you to look up at the boss think of the org chart so to speak look up is that person above you in the org chart treat you like a person or an object and does it matter does it matter if they treat you like a person or an object you know how does it make you feel when they treat you like a person? How does it make you feel when they treat you like an object? You know. Does it impact your performance? What do you think? And I know this. It doesn't impact the performance of a value-driven person, meaning they're, they're driven by values, not by how they're treated by other people. There's not a lot of those folks out there. That's actually what... The other book, Blue Collar Leadership, Leading from the Front Lines, the ones for growing and developing frontline team members, is to help them become value-driven so that they're getting results regardless of how they're treated by the boss, good or bad, because they need to grow to the next level and beyond just as much as the boss does. So that book helps them understand how to be a value-driven person. But most people are not value-driven. They're emotion-driven. So how they feel impacts their performance but i'm asking you i don't know you does how you're treated by your boss impact your performance the odds are it does it could cause you to leave it could impact your performance from from giving 100 percent to zero i'm leaving i'm quitting i ain't coming back tomorrow i promise you that happens you probably know it happens And see, I can, I can ask you this right now, and you're going to know the answer. You may not know if I ask you the last time you had a conversation with your boss. Could have been yesterday, this morning. Could have been a week ago, a month ago. Depends on you, you know how often you interact with the boss. You may or may not know what they said to you. If I said, what did they say last time you talked? You may have to really think about it. You may or may not know. But if I ask, how did they make you feel? You know that without even having to think about it. You can tell me right now, if I could get on the phone with you, you could say, last time I talked to my boss, they made me feel this way. Because. Because we don't always remember what people say and do, but we always remember how they make us feel. That kind of sticks with us. So now we were looking up in the org chart. It's easy to look up. Easy to look up and see this stuff. But now let's look down in the org chart. If you're a formal authority leader, what's your team's reality? Each member of your team, what's their reality? How do you treat them? Like a person or an object? And guess what? You don't really get to answer that question. They do. Because how you make them feel determines if they feel like they're treated like an object or like a person. We don't get to decide how they feel. We may be doing our best to treat them like a person and they feel like they're treated like an object. Would some say you treat them like a person? Would some say you treat them like an object? Because we treat people different ways. It's not all cut and dry. 
and it's based on relationships. If you remember back to level two of the five levels. Episode 111. If you hadn't listened to that episode, you got to go check it out. And does it matter? Does it matter to you as the boss how they feel? Because think back a minute ago. How your boss makes you feel, does it impact your performance? If you're the boss, you're responsible for their performance. This 30-part series is going to help you learn to treat them more like people. You may do it every day, but you're going to get better if you listen to this 30-part series, and especially if you buy the book and dive into it. And I'm going to tell you this from experience. Every high-impact leader's journey begins in the mirror. Whatever's wrong with your team, the solution can be found in your mirror. That's what high-impact leadership is about, taking responsibility. Now, you must do a lot of work on the inside if you want to be highly effective on the outside. That's how you move beyond management and supervision. You go to work on the inside. Leadership's about what's going on on the inside. Because who you are on the inside is what everybody else experiences on the outside. And I want to touch back on something I mentioned in the uh, Five Levels episode 111. We must manage things and processes because they don't think and feel. But we should lead people because they do think and feel we don't have to that's why i say should we have to manage things and processes but we don't have to lead people we should but we don't have to unfortunately like i said the reality is most people are managed few people are led and a lot of time neither one of the people the one being led or the one leading or managing most people don't even know because they don't study this stuff to understand it. So I want to leave you with a few thoughts here. You don't work for high-impact leaders. You work with them. They know it, and you know it. And you don't work with managers. You work for them. They know it, and you know it. And how do you know the difference is you feel it. You know what it feels like when you're working with a boss. You know what it feels like when you're working for the boss. They'll tell you. They'll introduce you. They'll say, hey, this is Mac. He works for me. Mm. Every time I hear a leader say that, I hear a lot of people who study this stuff. That's the way they they talk about their team. So-and-so works for me. They literally go around and say it. They may be reading these books left and right, and they run around saying, "Uh, Johnny works for me. Sue works for me. They don't even understand these little words. Paint a picture. High-impact leaders say, Mac works with me. Sue works with me. I work with Sue. I work with Mac. They don't say I'm, I'm Mac's boss. I work with Mac. I remember before I ever read this stuff, people who reported to me, I introduced them. And I, I remember I was learning it, but I had never read any of it. But I was just learning it through 
watching other people. But I'd always try to make a point to say, this person, we work together. A lot of times they wouldn't know who the boss was, me or the other person, unless they ask. We just look like we're teammates. So I'm going to leave you with a quote by Douglas MacArthur. A true leader has the confidence to stand alone, the courage to make tough decisions, and the compassion to listen to the needs of others. They do not set out to be a leader, but become one by the equality of their actions and then the integrity of their intent. So I hope you enjoyed part two. Talk to you next Friday. Have a great day. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.